Welcome back to another episode of Baxter's Buzz. I am your host, Baxter E. Hall. Welcome to my brain. Welcome to my frequency. Enter at your own risk. Now, uh, today I truly have a special guest with me. Um, he is an author, a speaker, a leadership consultant. He's the president of uh, NAAAHR, which we'll get into more of uh, the Michigan chapter, columnist, leadership curriculum development, um, human resource advocate, and diversity, equity, and inclusion consulting expert, Woo! Dr. <laughs> Lee Meadows. How you doing, Dr. Lee? Baxter, it's a delight. How are you doing? Thanks for having me, man. I, I appreciate being here. How you doing? Oh well, no. It's 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 a pleasure to be able to uh, spend some time with you. I always say I get zero dollars for doing this. So whether I get zero dollars or a million dollars, I want to I want to share my platform and have conversations with people I respect and admire. And you're at the top of that list, my friend. So well, let, I, let me tell you, I, I understand that zero dollars thing. So <laughs> let's just let's just say from this point forward, it can only get better. That's right. That's right. We there's no I'm not selling out. That's for sure. Right. <laughs> You're just building up. That's all. That's you right. That's up. right. You know, yeah. yeah. You, <laughs> um, so you know we you Sherry Watkins. You know you uh, you've had Erica Monday. You no, know, yeah. we're all just kind of helping you build this momentum. That's right. The next thing, next thing you know, we're trying to reach, and you, you, you won't return the phone call. Ah, <laughs> uh, see, <laughs> I'll be sending you to my somebody else to get my schedule and see. Nah, yes. no, I'm not gonna do you like that. I'm not gonna do you like that. No, but um, it's all good. You've been a connector of so many of the folks that I've connected with, and I know we'll talk a bit about that. But yeah, uh, shout out to Sherry. Shout out to Erica Monet. Um, appreciate them. They appreciate you, right? And it's just this uh, very, this community that we're, we're building. And you, you know, you have a lot to do with a lot of the involvement of the HR professionals here in the, um, in, in, in the state, you know? Well, it's, it's, you know, it's no secret. Everyone who knows me know that I am a passionate devotee of human resources. I, I love the profession. I've been in the profession longer than I can remember. I always like to I always like to tell folks that you know, when the Civil War ended, uh, Lincoln needed somebody to write the new personnel policy manual, so he recruited <laughs> me to do that. So I've, I've seen this for for quite a while through uh, several iterations, and I just I never lose a love for it. I yeah. just never lose a love for it. So it's you know you can hit me with as much of that as you want, but I just you know I just love being in human resources. Yeah. Where did that come from? Like, like, how did you, what, where did that light bulb go off? Can you point to a time? Well, let's just say it wasn't my original path, but then that's not uncommon for, you know, 90% of the people who go to work. My original path was I was going to work in higher education exclusively in the area of student affairs and activities. And my goal was to Move up in that profession someday, maybe becoming a vice president for human, a vice president for student affairs at a large university somewhere, or, or possibly even a president. And so I was on that track for about ten or eleven years. Mm -hmm. And I, there was there, there came this moment where in my career where I had put in 
10 years at Michigan State, which I just loved. I just yeah. loved working there. And I started thinking about the road ahead. And part of the road ahead was, well, if I do 10, if I do 11, I'll probably do 30 because I just love the place that much. And at the same time, a colleague of mine had contacted me and said, would you like to come work in the world of the corporate world for a while? We've got, there's an opening at General Motors. I'd like to bring you on and get you involved in that world. And I thought about it and went, well, sure, I'd like to do that. Well, she brought me to human resources. Now, human resources and student activities, there are some parallels. So the transition, what didn't take as long as I thought it would, but I got to tell you the practical experience. I went into corporate education and training. Mm. I became a supervisor of, of, of education and training. I got a chance to work in a plant. I got a chance to um, go visit several General Motors plants as a uh, corporate education and HR consultant. So I spent a lot of time on the road, driving around to the various GM plants in Marion, Indiana, Anderson, and down in Ohio. I just got a chance to see a big picture of it. And the more immersed in it I became, the more I just fell in love with the idea of doing education, training, human resources, you know, coaching, people development. It just became a passion. And so once I got on that path, I have had the most difficult time trying to get off that path. <laughs> so, everyone, so everything that I've done, now I've, I've had a chance to, like I said, work for General Motors. I did, I did some teaching at Lansing Community College. I taught at Western Michigan. I taught at Lawrence Tech, which is Lawrence University. Lawrence University. Now I, I also worked as a um, manager of organizational development for the Kellogg Foundation. I worked for AT Kearney, EDS, Conway Transportation. I just stayed on the path. Yeah. Just, you know, just, just kept elevating on the path, just kept learning more and more. And always kind of brought that focus of helping people develop as, you know, as part of my mantra. Yeah. You know, I always felt like in a, another life, I would be in HR as well. I think that's why I've been so close to it. From from the, sort of the other side as like a uh, in a consultative role as a you know as a partner really want to yeah. wanting to work with you guys because I, the human element I think that it's clear right that that's where it starts exactly. that's where it starts some people are very you know the compliance piece is, is important clearly but most of the folks in in the HR uh, field they ain't in it for the compliance piece, right? They're in it for the actual people, supporting the training and the developing of, of, of people, right? Right, and if they aren't, they need to get out of it. Yeah. Because that's gonna, that's gonna be the focus throughout their entire profession. And, and to your point, you, you want to be in human resources, but human res you can be akin to human resources, you can be an ally of human resources, you can be a supporter of human resources, now, it's a broad spectrum. And I think the last time I checked the statistic, about 60% of the people who work in human resources, that's not where, that's not where they started. Mm. It, it wasn't their major, you know, as an undergrad. Yeah. It wasn't something that they thought about as they were kind of going down the road. They kind of fell into it. Mm -hmm. And once they fell into it, they found that they enjoyed being in it. So yeah. the criteria for being in it, while somewhat loose, the profession itself tends to attract those individuals who, as you've already described, know how to work with people, like working with people, and just want to kind of continue to elevate in doing that. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I feel like I have a pretty good idea of what 
my HR folks are sort of dealing with and kind of what's on their plate, right? Um, and it, it boils down and I'm simplifying it, so forgive me, but it's, you know, it's, it's supporting your, your, your current folks. It's the, the retention of those people. It's attracting the new, new talent. Um, and then of course there's that compliance piece. And then it, I think it's the advocacy piece, right? Yeah. Uh, for sometimes HR is sort of on an island and the rest of the leadership is sort of some, somewhere else, right? And it's like, no, 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 we, we have to be together in order to properly, you know, move this thing forward. Well, you see, and you, so you understand those dynamics. It's a, it's a fine line that human resource professionals have to walk inside of an organization because you're absolutely right. They are employed by the organization to, the, to provide services and you know, deliver outcomes and work with people in ways to help them both improve and grow. Um, but, it, but it has to be done within the rules, procedures, policies, all those things that make the organization what it is. Then on the other hand, they've still got to be this advocate for employees yeah. to make sure that the employee needs are being addressed as issues arise, that those issues, that those issues are also being addressed. So it's an interesting balancing act that human resource professionals have to maintain in order to ensure both the stability and growth of the organization as well as the people who work in it. Yeah. As you've gone through the, the, the different eras, let's say, and the different uh, companies that you've worked with and they've you know, leaned on you for your expertise, what are some of the things that, that's changed in, in, in human resources since uh, you've, you started and then kind of these days? Like, what are some things that stand out to you as far as the, the, that's been? Okay, so, yeah. so, so since my beginning with Abraham Lincoln, I don't have to do handwritten policies. There's some more <laughs> automation. That little, feather, that little feather with the, with the, with the tip. Man, I could never get that. That, that, just, that just drove me crazy. You know, what's, you know, what's been one of the real interesting changes has been the technology. Um, I, I have to admit that even though I'm typically a laggard where it comes to technology, the, the opportunity to have software programs that, that take a lot of bottom line data entry stuff, compress it, analyze it, and, and allow us to have access to real-time information. That has made such an incredible difference mm -hmm. because now when you start to identify programs that need to occur or uh, initiatives that need to take place, you're at least working with some fundamental data in which to make some decisions. So I have pretty much loved the te what technology has allowed for the elevation of human resources by giving us immediate access to information and data that we can use to help make to make good decisions. Now, having said all that, the other biggest change that I've that I've been just excited about is the notion that the the people demographics continues to expand. Uh, the world in which I entered many years ago was you know was very much male dominated, very much white male dominated but very much male dominated. And as women begin to move into the organization through those, you know, through those administrative support roles and into critical leadership roles within the organization, it has been just a welcome change because now we get different perspectives that are being brought into that process. 
you know, we never really had an international focus until things started to go global in the late, in the late 80s and early 90s. Mm -hmm. We didn't know what that was. Now that, you know, we have, we have individuals who, who have to manage sites in the United States and in Mexico and in India and, and places all in places all over, all over the map. We just never thought that was possible. Yeah. But the technology has allowed us has allowed us to do that. And I'm also looking at just uh, these one, these interesting trends going on among, among employees because there was this commercial years ago that um, Oldsmobile used to say, and it's like it's no longer your father's Oldsmobile. Mm -hmm. Well, that is true in terms of the kind of employees who are coming into the workplace now. Sure. It's not your father's Oldsmobile. This group represents so many different demographics and such a continuum of things that are going on that it is just a, you know, it's a feast <laughs> in yeah. terms of how do you begin to work with, how do you begin to work with, okay, let's have, let's, let's do the generational thing because that's how folks tend to, you know, to want to talk about this. So how do you work with boomers in the workplace, Gen X in the workplace? How do you work with millennials in the workplace, Gen Z? And who knows, you know, who knows what's, what's coming behind them. And there's still some folks who are 80, 80 years and plus still in the workplace. Yeah. What if you have that entire composition of one team, Baxter? What if, what if, you, what if in, your, in your other role, all of a sudden you were given this team of individuals where one was Generation Z, one was a millennial, one was Gen X, one was a boomer, one was a traditionalist and say, okay, bring these folks together and work on this particular initiative that the organization needs. Where do you, where do you begin to lead something like that? Right. Because one, there's no, there's no homogeneity. Right. You know, it's heterogeneous. Right. And, it's, and it's so many different aspects that all we did was talk about the generational piece. You know, we didn't talk about the gender differences. We didn't talk about some of the LGBTQ stuff that's going on, some of the trans stuff that's going on, some of the... Um, the ableism, man, it's just so it's just this whole big yeah. pot of things that are that are things that are going that, that we never, we <laughs> Abraham Lincoln never saw anything like this. <laughs> well, you, you know, um, we, we we talked a bit about it before we um, started to record. I mean, you've been, you know, in this, you know, this go-to consultant, right? For you know, tons of different types of orgs and. A lot of it stems around the diversity, equity, and inclusion, and 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 that was before it became in vogue. You know, around yes. this time last year, right? Yeah. Um, speak to that, and and so, so, so some of the conversations that you maybe had to, you know, open folks' eyes up to before that maybe they're seeing a little bit more, or it's more in their face now. Before you you may have had to. Uh, Forced them to kind of look at some things from a different perspective. Well, you know, one of the things that I, I want to keep in mind is when we talk about the events of last year, which were traumatic in and of itself, though they became a critical catalyst for moving some of these organizations, or at least accelerating the rate in which they started to embrace BEI, that diversity, equity, and inclusion had really been a discussion that had been going on for almost 20 years now. Now, we didn't call it that. Wow. In the early days, we called it affirmative action. Later on, we called it value and diversity and, and a number of different things in between all that. So the process itself has been moving along. It was the unfortunate you know, 
catalyst of events last year in which lives were lost that really threw it into it really threw it into the forefront. And while no one wants it to happen that way, it happened that way and presented an opportunity in which and the society got a chance to, sh to look at itself in the mirror and ask itself, is this really what you want to be about? You know, it do, is this completely reflective of what's going on or do you want to be about something better? And mm -hmm. so when, when I, whenever I talk about the DEI as a kind of a historical process, I ultimately come to that question, well, well, what do you want to look like going forward? Yeah. And can we be better? Can you do better? Are there opportunities in which to do that? Do we have, can we engage in discussion that's, that's a little more than just on the surface? Can we really get deep into dialogue and really come to understand who we are as people on this, on this planet sitting in this big part of a universe that's still undiscovered, unexplored, and you know, hey, let's put everything in perspective here. Right? Yeah, let's put everything no. in perspective. So, so, yeah. so that's been a lot of the discussion, trying to get organizations positioned to understand this. And the other piece, Baxter, and I, and I think you know, you and your group have seen this as well. Even if they don't like the idea of diversity, equity, and inclusion, the demographics say you don't have a choice anyway. <laughs> because right. there's your talent, all right? That's right. Where are you going to find your talent? And folks That's say, right. we know, well, we don't, we don't have enough, we, American universities don't graduate enough engineers and we have this incredible demand for engineers. Well, where are you going to look, all right? If you're not getting, if you're not getting enough from the colleges and universities, you got to look elsewhere. Well, you, you look overseas, you look in China, you look in the Middle East, um, you, look in, you look in South America, wherever engineering folks can be found, that's where you find them. That's right. So even if so, if if you don't like the idea of internal organizational change based on the fact that um, different folks are coming to the workplace, the demographics alone dictate that you don't have a choice. So you That's might as well figure out how do we best embrace this, so that we can continue to be competitive and profitable. That's right. Because so, it speaks I to the bottom line as well. I understand the corporate lingo. <laughs> yeah, right. However you need to sort of make them, you know, accept it, right? Because when you start talking to the bottom line, it's it's not just a warm and fuzzy, this is just good. Right. Because it, it should be enough, but it, it's typically not, right? You have to speak right. to people's pockets and talk to speak to trends and everything, right? And say, hey, we're going here with or without this company. Unfortunately, if you don't catch up or keep up, you will, be, you will lag behind. That's you will right. Lag behind because this work, this workforce, they've got options. They've got options. They've got other places that they can look. And for a number of them, even the notion of I can work for myself. Hello. Becoming more and more prominent That's as right. more and more individuals start to embrace that. So if these places are going to remain competitive, I mean, technology will only take you so far. That's right. You still have to, you may, you may say, well, we have robots that can do that. Yeah, but somebody's got to design them. Somebody's got to maintain them. Yeah. <laughs> someone's got to fix them. You know, and those are called engineers. That's right. Someone's <laughs> got to support them. That's called technical staff. Somebody's got to get them to you. That's called, you know, truck drivers. You know, so right. it's, you know, so that equation is still going to be there no matter what's, no matter what's going on. That's right. 
and you know at Capnic, like coming from the insurance side, the employee benefits side, but but also on the commercial side, you know, one of the things that we do on employee benefits is like, okay, where are you today? Let's hold up this mirror and figure out, okay, where are you today? Yes. And once we can have an honest conversation about that, where do you want to be? Now we can start working on a game plan, but we can't, we got to identify where you are today. You're trying to get to Chicago. We may already be in Chicago. Right. And we don't, we don't realize that we, we could be 11,000 miles or 11 minutes away. We don't know until we kind of, you know, force people to kind of look in that mirror and then start to create those objectives, right? Same for uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Where do you sit now in the marketplace? How do you want to uh, progress? How do you want your current team to, to view you? How do you want your current clients to view you, your potential clients? Mm -hmm. all, the, all those things matter, right? They matter a great deal. They matter a great deal. And you know, it, if we really begin to slice through this, a lot of ways it comes down to it being a talent acquisition issue. Mm. All right. I can, I can make the, I could put talent acquisition at the bottom of the pyramid or at the bottom of this platform and say, but on this platform, since diversity, equity, inclusion, uh, since, uh, since transgender, since technology, since the hybrid, uh, the hybrid workplace, there's a whole number of things that are just kind of, just kind of operating here. So, uh, so on that platform, even if, if I just make the talent acquisition argument, we can say to organizations, do you want to have access to the talent that's out there? And if you do, this is, this is who they are. Um, and this is how you have to go about not only just acquiring the talent, but attaining and retaining that talent. That's right, that's right. Mm -hmm. um, the, the uh, National African American Association of Human Resources, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the National Association of African Americans and Human Resources, State of Michigan chapter, which I have the, the honor and privilege of being the president of this chapter. And we, it's, it's just been so much fun. It's been, you know, I got a great board. You know, well, you met, you know, you met Sherry Watkins, who's part of the board. Um, you know, Donna Wilson and Jason Blanks, and I, I just, I just, I, I got this great board. Mm -hmm. they, they got this great, they got this great attitude about service that just, oh, it just keeps me so compelled. Yeah. And it's a, you know, it's a human resources organization, yeah. in much the same way that Detroit Sherm is an organization, in much the same way that Michigan Sherm is an organization, in much the same way that HR Unite, you know, which you and I are going to be attending in the next couple of weeks as an yeah. organization, each one has their angle. And so our particular angle is those, you know, the unique needs and specific initiatives that occur when you're an African-American in this profession. So it's not exclusive, it's just the angle. Yeah. And so our, so our state organization is primarily designed to provide programs and networking and opportunities for those of us in that profession, where we may not have, where it may not be as accessible in other agencies. So that's mm. a lot of what we do. And, and, and you said it quite eloquently, but there's a lot of layers 
to to what you just said, right? It's it's oh, yeah. as the old folks say it's more than a notion, <laughs> right? It's absolutely more. It's absolutely more than a notion. You know, one of the one of the biggest things that when when we really got the chapter rolling was just trying to find out who where we all where we, where were we? Where do we right. even exist? And I haven't been in this profession for a long time. Even I was surprised at the number of us who were working in the profession mm -hmm. and just didn't know one another. So if nothing else, this organization has allowed so many individuals who normally wouldn't have been connected to connect with one another and feel less alone in the work that they do. And then of course, we you know, <laughs> well, the pandemic wiped out a lot of our live conferences, yeah. but whenever that starts up again, we'll go back to, to, to doing those. And in the meantime, we just continue to, to, to provide the service for our members and try to keep them actively engaged until we kind of get over this hump, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, when Sherry was on um, the podcast, she talked about, you know, um, there's this feeling that everyone, there's so many uh, black people in these departments that may be the only person in leadership or the only yeah. black person in, in HR. And they kind of feel like they're um, alone and out on these islands. And, and then they realize, oh, you're, you're doing something similar. You feel, yes. you know, uh, now, now we have this community that we're building so that we can lean on and support one another. Right. Yes. Yes. And, yes. and, and I mean, she's, when I saw that she spoke about that so eloquently and she was right on the right on point in that it's very easy. Well, the notion is when you're the only one in the room, you know, what does that mean? There's, there's some sense of isolation, but the recognition that while there are a number of members who are the only ones in the room, what we wanted them to understand, but you're not the only one in the profession. That's right. And it's in that sense that in AAAHR, becomes this nice connector, this nice net networking agency. So if nothing else, you can just see others and go, okay, so I'm not alone in the process. And it allows for, I mean, some, I think some of the best relationships have occurred since we started doing this. People who didn't know the other person existed who have now become more than, more than just colleagues, but friends. That's right. And when we see them at events, when we go back to live events, when we see them at events, it's just so reassuring to know that, or to have any number of give us the feedback, well, you know, I didn't even know this person until you provided this event. Now that we've connected, we've almost become inseparable. It's like we've yeah. we known each other for a long time. Yeah. And from where I sit, hey, that's more than worth it. Absolutely that's, more than worth it. No, I now, mean- the other thing with that, because I know, I know this question you want to ask, the other thing with that is besides being a networking opportunity, we also want to make sure that people who look for opportunities to elevate their game, mm by doing presentations around different topics and all that we we actively encourage that yeah and so you know so during the pandemic we've had two primary events on a bi-monthly bi-monthly basis we've done when women lead and that's african-american women women who present topics uh, for women who aspire to be in leadership roles or are currently in leadership roles and the other book then is what we call corner conversations african-american men pretty much the same format and that's what we've been doing for these last several months. And that has worked out well. So, yeah. you know, we, we just keep the momentum going and you know, we'll see what happens when we, ever we get back to live events. Yeah, but the, but, but the other piece um, is some of the stuff that isn't um, advertised is that 
the you know the network of being able to lean on someone especially in these times where no one really knew what was next and people we were sort of you know laying down the track right in front of us and said how are you handling this and having that 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 those resources in that network to say what are you guys doing at your company and sharing these best practices to kind of figure this thing out because this pandemic you know took everybody by surprise right everybody yeah everybody it sent everybody home and we had to figure out what to do with it from that point forward. So being, yeah, you're right. Being able to share best practices, being able to you know, share experiences, being able to just have you know, a personal dialogue with someone That's right. around these particular issues. That just becomes so paramount and so important, especially right. as we start to come out of this now. That's right, and and um, I would be remiss if I didn't say, um, you know, the the last holiday event that NAAAHR had was in December of nineteen, and um, it's where I met uh, Erica White, um, my colleague and coworker, and um, my uh, my mentor Angela Dean, who I you know just ran into right, and just again. When you put awesome people in a room, you let the rest of it take care of itself, right? They will find themselves. They will and, find and, each and other. And that synergy and those opportunities, right? And you know, met them not in passing. We had a good conversation, exchanged information, and then you know, six seven months later, you know, we're 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 on the same team, and putting you having that event putting that event on, encouraging that, that community and that collaborative environment changed my, you know, my career. And I'm super thankful for you even giving us that space to even meet one another. Well, and we're all, we're all the better for it because now that you are part of Angela Dean and, and Erica and now you, that ex, you know that expands our that expands our network, and so now I've got these three wonderful people who are all supportive of what we're trying to do within Triple HR. I couldn't ask for a better outcome. And when those when those kinds of things happen, and one thanks I appreciate the testimony on that because that's the thing that we're trying to do with the organization to get people in the same room to have a com- a conversation to meet, to, to exchange dialogue around issues they're trying to resolve, or just have a glass of wine with someone to whom right. you can say, let me tell you what it's like to be the only one in the room and have yeah. someone say, and when you're finished talking about it, let me tell you about mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that community is so important. And it's just like any other support group in many ways, um, people need to know, okay, so I'm not as alone as I thought that I was. And now there's somebody who may be more invested in me who I didn't know prior, yes. who I didn't know prior. Cause yes. sometimes it's hard to try to save someone else when you feel like you drowning. And you know, you, the, you know, survival is the first thing on your mind not necessarily helping someone else but once you guys start to hold hands now you can pull other folks up, right? And, and, and that, that growth and that, that development you talked about we can all kind of root each other on. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. For me, it's all it's all about the elevation. How do we how do we as individuals one connect by you know connect, hold hands, and how do we elevate and grow and bring and bring others along with us? And for me, that's you know, that's that's the ultimate outcome. Those are the things that just make so much more sense to me. And so I keep continuing to focus on that and will continue to focus on that for as long as I can. Yeah. Well, you're doing a, a great job. And um, I just want to salute you and the, the the board and the team. And, you know, it's, it's you know, I know you're not doing it alone, but, you know. But no, you shout being... out to my board. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for the, the board who supports Interval HR State of Michigan, they are, they are just remarkable people yeah. who are just committed. Actually, I refer to it as these are people who get it. Mm. And when people get it, that means you don't have to spend a lot of time explaining why something is important. They just right. get it. The lineup of speakers we've had over the last year, well, actually from the very beginning, mm. but especially during the pandemic, are individuals who historically, I mean, they just get it. Yeah. You ask them, they go, sure. It's not a question if they do it. They just says, well, tell me when. Yeah. You know, from individuals that you and I both know, like you know, Dr. David Turner, Call Dr. Turner, you say, David, I've kind of got this going. Do you think you have time? He doesn't say, let me check my schedule. He just said, well, tell me when you need me to be there. Yeah. You're another one of those individuals. Yeah. Let me check my schedule. He says, well, I'm going to check the schedule so I can be there. If I can move <laughs> something around, I'll be there. Right. And my board members have been like that. The speakers that have been like that. And as more and more members come on and they see that behavior, that's the behavior that they start to emulate. Yeah. So we've right. got, you know, we will just continue to roll this and continue to roll this. And the more and more that people get it, the more the more powerful and stronger we become in terms of being able to elevate one another. And for me, that's the for me, that, that's the role of leadership. When you, yeah. you ask Lean Meadows at your bottom line, where does it all begin with you? In my heart and in my mind, everything starts with leadership. And I've used that maxim for as long as I can remember and will continue to use that. If the leadership is right, everything else tends to follow. Wow. And and yeah, you talked about the people that just get it. Now we don't have to spend time on me selling you on why it's important. Now we can get down to, to actually making an impact, right? That's right. <laughs> yeah. Because we already That's know right. why we're here. Now let's let's go and do something, right? Do some good. Yeah, we don't have to we don't have to spend a lot of time debating and dialogue about that. You get it? Let's talk about how we make it happen. That's right. And that's what's been so great, so helpful, especially during this pandemic, to have any number of individuals who have just stepped in because they get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think a lot of it is, is the example that, that you said. Um as we wrap, I want to talk about something that's very closely connected to leadership, in my opinion. I, I imagine you have some some opinions around this um, that that are similar. Just the the role of mentors um, yes. and mentorship, and I know that you you know mentored, whether it's been active or you know uh, or knowingly or unknowingly, right? Because you know as soon as we met, I started stealing stuff from you. You know, you probably didn't know, but, but as far as the importance of, 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 of mentorship, as we continue to see this diverse collection of professionals, and we're talking about HR, but in all facets, 
um, in all aspects of, of uh, an organization. Like, talk about the role that you think uh, mentors play and, and the importance of it. Well, the, the importance is unshakable. And anything, anything less than that, I mean, it is so important for us to be able to connect to folks like yourself who are, who are elevating themselves in the field. And as I describe it, our job is to, is to let you know about the landmines that have already been blown up so that you don't have to do those. Now you may blow up, blow up some different ones. And when those happen, we can talk that through. But our job is to make sure that you're not making the same mistakes that a number of us made. Now, there's a number of folks in my age category in my in my profession who we didn't have, we didn't have anybody kind of leading the charge for us. There was anyone to kind of figure out where the landmines are and all that. And, and while they were few and far between, they didn't necessarily engage in the whole mentoring thing. Yeah. Now you have individuals who are within this profession who, as we say, get it. Yeah. You, you just they just understand that. Now that I'm at a certain point, I have to be absolutely certain that I'm making sure that those who are following you know, have access to right information, the right kind of grooming, the right kind of coaching, the right kind of disciplining yeah. <laughs> when you mess up. That's right. But to you know, keep you focused and keep you elevated as you move through your profession. So for me, it's, it's always, I'm always humbled by the fact that someone will seek me out and say, well, I need a mentor. Would you mind mentoring me? And my answer is always yes, because I think that's the universe saying, here's another individual who the relationship might be, it may be something that happens once a month. It might be something that happens once every six months, yeah. but they know that anytime they call, I'm going to respond. Yeah. And, if, and if there's an issue that's going on, even if it's just I just want to talk about life in general because I'm just not, I ain't feeling it right now. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. You know, let's, let's, let's find out what's going on. Yeah. But to be absolutely certain that as they are shaping their career, both professionally and personally, that there is some, there's a beacon that they can connect to, connect to that will be able to say to them, yes, that's a good idea. You might want to think about this. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not a good idea. And don't argue with me. <laughs> trust me, I know. Yeah, don't I just trust me, I know. So, yeah. But I don't but I don't trust me, I know. <laughs> just don't do that. Yeah. Um and then as you, you know, as you continue through your career, having seen that behavior model, it just becomes something natural that you want to do for others who are going to follow up. So yeah. I can never, I can never overemphasize or or overstate the importance of being a good mentor. Yeah. And recognizing that when people seek you out and seek that kind of relationship, it's because they know that they need something. They don't know what it is, but you represent the opportunity for them to sort that through. That's right. That 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 sounding board, that experience, that, yeah, um, I, let me make some new mistakes so we can add it to the book. I don't want to <laughs> have to make the ones that you've already made. That's exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. You make some new ones. We'll figure out what the solution is around that. And we and now we add that to our bailiwick. So right. when the time comes that you're doing the same thing, someone says, Well, I'm about to do it. No, you don't want to do that. Right. 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 <laughs> it feels like it's it feels like it's new. No, it's not. Right. <laughs> it's already been blown up. Trust me. Save yourself yeah. some time. Come over this way. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, no, that that's a great place to end because I think it really that's really the beginning is understanding your impact. Uh, we we talked a little bit offline about you know throwing uh, a rock into uh, the ocean, um, and and you know it, it may not seem like you're making a huge ripple, but you are, and that consistency you know, you being making yourself available to folks like myself as, as well as countless others, um, those things matter. And and I want to be in a in a space where I can provide some of that same value for for others, right? And 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 if you don't have people to kind of model that after or that are um, that inspire you to do those things, it's it's tough to kind of figure out how to go about it. So, so I appreciate you. Um, some people that you've mentored have mentored me and, and I, I love the, the community that, that we're building here uh, locally. And, and, you know, now I'm meeting people across the country that are trying to do similar things. And now we can help them get their community, uh, you know, up and running, because again, we could just go back to, to, to the book and, and say, no, this is how you do it. Here's some ways to go about it. So um, shout out to, to uh, the entire um, chapter, Michigan chapter in AAAHR, um, as far as uh, NIA, the um, African Americans and Insurance Association, our Michigan chapter, we're, you know, uh, I'm in charge of membership. And trust me, I'm stealing stuff from in AAAHR because I've seen it work, right? So. We, we all have to kind of work together and not try to recreate the wheel if we don't have to. Well, you need to, you need to bring me in as a speaker, young man. Oh, I, I'm on it. I'm on it. I'll, I'll, I'll get with your assistant. And let me say this, Baxter, you're already in that space where you are with this particular platform that you're using to reach out and connect with others who normally wouldn't have access to this kind of a platform. Yeah. You know, please understand, the, you know, the social media is, you know, is absolutely phenomenal, yeah. but there's still individuals who don't know how to access something like this in order to get the word out, get their word out of who they are, that's about. You are connecting with others who are doing similar kinds of things, that's how you build a network. So you're already rippling out, young man. You're oh, already rippling out. You Thank just you. continue with this platform and make sure that others have the opportunity to say what's on their mind. Yeah, well, no, I appreciate that. That means a lot coming from you. Um, so, ah, man, this has been great. This is a great conversation. I'm like peeking at the time because I feel like we could go another hour. We, you know, we, we talked for almost an hour before we started recording. So I was like, man, you know, we'll get, it'll get away from us. Uh, Dr. Lee Meadows, thank you again for um, your, your time, your contribution, um, your passion, your commitment. Uh, I knew you before I knew you because I, I had seen you so much on social media and thought I thought, thought I knew you, thought I had met you in real life. I don't know if you remember when we met some years, some years ago, yeah. uh, un, unofficially. And I said, were you just at this? He said, no. And I said, maybe you were at, he said, no. I said, dang, well, I, how do I know this man? Then it came to me your presence, right? And you have been using this platform in ways that, um, again, that I wasn't at the time. So 
again, you know, uh, understanding the technology, understanding your impact and sharing that platform with others. So you've been doing it for quite a while yourself, sir. Well, but let me, uh, but, but in order for that to happen, I gave, I got to give a shout out to my, my good friend, Brenda Miller at Miller Marketing. But I know Brenda. Brenda yeah. and I worked together at Walsh and she was the one who started getting me to think about LinkedIn. And as we both moved on, she became my coach, my advocate, uh, my mentor, and the person who just kind of, who yells at me from time to time, conversions, <laughs> likes to conversions, yeah. likes to conversions. Okay, Brenda, okay, yeah. I get it. I get it. <laughs> hey, Brenda, shout out to Brenda as well. Again, it's, you know, we're, we're running into the same people where we're picking up these these pieces of info and sharing it and shortening that learning curve for others. Yeah. Right? So just like you, just like, you know, Tina Wolfield with HR Unite, just like, you know, Sandy Harvey with, you know, with Exodus Consulting. Yeah. We are, you know, that's, that circles, that circle connects and then it expands. That's right. That's right. Wow. <laughs> that It connects and then it expands for sure. Um, so on behalf of Dr. Lee Meadows, um, I am Baxter E. Hall. Thank you guys for checking us out. Um, it, whether you're listening to this or watching it, please like, subscribe, share. This is great info. It, don't be stingy with it, okay? Uh, share, share it, pass it along. And as we grow this audience, um, you know, we can help some other folks a, a, along the way. Um, before we get off, I just want to tell everyone um, who, who's, who's, who's listening to this that you are more than capable. You just, you just have to embrace your own frequency. Until next time, um, I'm Baxter Hall. Peace.